In October of 2019, three podcasters set out to record an episode about found footage films. What you are about to hear is all that remains. Welcome to the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Good morning. It's still morning. <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are you? Top of the morning. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Guten Tag. Guten Tag, wie geht's? I told you uh, in our last episode that I took German yeah. for two years, and right. that's about all I remember. <laughs> yeah. If you don't speak it, you forget it. Yeah, definitely. I learned more Spanish just speaking Spanish to coworkers of mine when I lived out in California uh-huh. than I ever did in any Spanish class. <laughs> right. Because I would speak it regularly, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would try to speak it. They would speak it, and I'd be like, uh-huh. But this episode, we're going to talk about kind of like found footage type films. Do you guys remember like the first found footage film you saw? Mine was probably Blair Witch. Uh, mine was Blair Witch, and then I think which we haven't discussed on this podcast yet. Um, and then I think the last broadcast, yeah. if you ever saw that movie, Mm-mm. that was made prior to the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Um, I think. But I'm um, surprised you didn't pick Blair Witch. You know, I want to wait for that one, I think. Because yeah. I want to do Blair Witch. I want to do Paranormal Activity also. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. And I think those would be kind of a good pairing. But uh, I don't know why I picked these movies. I was just looking through what was on Shutter, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh, these are there on there. Go. These yeah. two. Because um, I think behind the mask is is more more of a documentary. It's more mockumentary. Yeah, yeah it is. It yeah. is. And that's why I said it's kind of like that found footage kind of yeah, nobody genre. Found it, um, but yes, you're right. It is definitely more of a mockumentary. In yeah. fact, it is a mockumentary. it is a mockumentary. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it's a movie that I had seen once prior probably more towards when it first came out on on dvd but i hadn't seen it since so uh it was good to revisit it had you guys ever seen this movie no yeah i've seen it a couple times i think i may have even mentioned this movie like uh in the horror comedies episode oh okay yeah so this was Mm. probably my third or fourth time seeing it oh okay um well then i should have picked something different but i'm glad (laughs) you hadn't seen it because because at least we get some uh uh, unique fresh perspective, fresh perspective from, uh, from Alan. Uh, so yes, it is a mockumentary. It follows the basic premise of this is that a group of, uh, filmmakers have been contacted by a a serial killer or a wannabe serial killer. Now this guy in this world that we're entering this fiction, fictional world, uh, serial killers are real. Yeah, like uh, well, Jason Voorhees is real. It, well, well <laughs> the fictitious the serial fi- killers. Yeah, yeah. So like Freddy Krueger, yeah. Jason Voorhees, Chucky, uh, Michael Myers, they're all real, all real. people. Yeah. And uh, it this, ties them all in. It does 
it does. Um, and it's it, like an unofficial uh, meeting of the universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the main character, this Leslie Vernon, is the serial killer of uh, this fable. And his backstory is that uh, when he was a kid, he was killed by the townsfolk, and uh, he didn't die. Yeah. And he comes, legend has it that he comes back and will kill people in, in this house, and he's going to capitalize on this legend. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, the filmmakers go, and they're talking to him. It's never really said, like, Why? They're doing this just that they are doing it. Like, Aren't they with the university or something? Like they that are, but it's like if someone contacted you and was like, it doesn't hey, establish. Yeah. Okay. It, it, we just kind of have to like forgive and kind of put reality aside for a second and understand that we're entering this fictional world because they're just kind of like, okay, you're a serial killer. Yeah. We're going to talk to you. Yeah. And- if someone contacted you and was like, Hey Alan, I want you to come follow me while I go kill some people. Yeah. Like your first, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like the movie uh, states that it's, uh, commonplace, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So they they meet this. Uh, it's, it's like a surreal universe. Yeah, definitely. Where it's like there's just a documentary crew that is going to cover the serial killer. Yeah, and it's also mixed with like actual like f- film mm-hmm. like scenes because I think the first scene in the movie is this uh, waitress and she's going to dump some trash out in the um, trash bin out back yeah. in the middle of the night. Very stereotypical mm-hmm. cliche slasher film scene where yeah. she goes out and, and the door shuts behind her. She sees someone watching her and then she runs. Yeah. And then we get into the, like the documentary and, and a majority of this movie is takes place from the perspective of two cameramen who have uh, these digital video cameras mm-hmm. and they're filming everything that's going on. Um, the filmmaker or the interviewer, uh, is played by the gal who was Kevin McAllister's sister in yeah. Home Alone. Les, en- Les Incompetents. <laughs> uh, oh, is that her? That's yeah. her. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't... I, I knew I recognized her. I, I did the same thing. My wife, I looked her up. My wife and I were watching this one together, and we're, I was like, where do we know her from? And then, yeah, we looked up, we're like, Home Alone. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but the rest of everybody is kind of just newbies. Yeah. Um, haven't done much yeah. since. Did you catch the Kane Hodder cameo? I did see that. Oh, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they show uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street house and he's walking into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, or he's one of the neighbors. Yep. Um, and they ask him about it and he's just like, mm-hmm. they actually give him a special uh, thanks at the end of the movie. Oh, do they? Too. That's cool. Um, so they meet up with this Leslie Vernon and he tells them uh, about his uh, plans. Yep, and that he's going to uh, he takes him to his old house that's abandoned, kind of like a Michael Myers esque mm-hmm. Myers house uh, where the kids will come every year on the anniversary of his death and and party, and he's gonna he's gonna kill them all. Yeah, um, he also takes them out on a stalking mission. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to kind of scout who's going to be his next group of dumb teenagers. Yeah, he's and, go after, and, and they have to meet certain qualifications. Yeah. And he even says like, I've already picked my victim. I've already picked my final girl, but this is how I do it. Yeah. And he's like, you can't pick those people because they're this way and you have to look for a virgin and that girl's clearly not a virgin. And, you know, kind of goes. You need a little from column A, a little from column yeah. B because he needs a group. And he's like, yeah. you need some stoners that are usually easy to catch. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he, he explains everything. And then he also takes the film crew to his mentor's house. Uh, the guy's name is Eugene played by the late um, Scott Wilson, Scott Wilson, who played uh, 
Uh, Herschel. Herschel, Herschel Green in The Walking Dead. So bad with names, but <laughs> yeah, he was in The Walking Dead. Uh, he's a good actor. Uh, he was a good uh, character in Walking Dead also, but yeah. he passed away. And he's in like a um, sensory deprivation chamber. Like he's buried like in the Six yard. feet down. Yeah, and they got to like dig him up, which I thought was kind of sad because they open it up and he's laying there like, oh, he probably looks like that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, sensory deprivation tanks. Have you guys ever been in one? Nope. Nope. I have one time. It was, was it weird? It, definitely. Um, they're not like that. Like, obviously, they're not buried in the ground, but there's <laughs> there's water, so you float, and they put, like, tons of Epsom salts, mm-hmm. so you do just float, and the water is, like, your body temperature, and um, there's no music, there's no light, and you're just in complete and utter, like, sensory yeah, deprivation. Silence. For an hour. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, Joe Rogan talks about it quite a bit. Like he'll, uh, he'll, he'll smoke some weed or take some edibles and get in <laughs> one. And he has some crazy trips yeah. in, uh, in that. And, and you do anyway, without any, um, external stimulants like uh, drugs or anything. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, your mind just kind of wanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Anyway, so he's in one of these <laughs> buried six feet down, and and they dig him up, and and uh, he's been down there for three days. <laughs> they they come to find out, um, but uh, he's married, and uh, they're having kind of a normal conversation. Like they talk about, yeah, they kind of talk shop because yeah, he's an old old school serial killer. Now I heard a theory that he is the serial killer from um, Black Christmas. Hmm, that's what people had oh, speculated. Yeah, that's what some okay. people say, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an uh, interesting take if you look at it like that. Like he's like OG. He's like an OG serial killer. Yeah. And then he even talks about how like back in his day, even before the resurgence in the in the late 70s, early 80s, like back in his day, it was, you know, onesie twosies and you were and you were done. But those guys like came back for multiple like sequels. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Is uh, without saying the word sequel, he's like they can't keep coming back and they they perfected it. Yeah. Um, and Leslie Vernon gets all of his, uh, advice and he tells all of his plans to this guy, this Eugene and his wife in this also, um, or or right after this, more of the plan is thought of and exposed to the film crew. They're going to go to a library and they're going to plant Leslie Vernon's going to plant some uh, information (laughs) newspaper, just like a clipping, right? Yeah. It's a fake newspaper. Yeah. Like he made it up. Yeah, it's very cliche. So, so basically, what what we're doing is, or what this film is doing is, it's it's taking all the cliches from a horror movie and all the stuff you'd see from the perspective of the quote unquote final girl or the survivors, and it's it highlights the planning. It. it highlights the planning process. Yeah, and it does it all from the perspective of the killer. Mm-hmm. Highlights the planning process and highlights what they would do. Mm-hmm. So, like like we said, like making a fake article and planting it somewhere where she's going to see it. So then she's like, Hmm, that's curious. That's my same yeah. last name. I'm going to go yep. look this up on microfiche. And it even plays into like how that always happens in movies. That's cliche. It's like, well, yeah, that's why it happens because we're planting that information. Yeah. And the librarian is played by uh, <laughs> Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda yeah. Rubenstein. That's her last role. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. God, she's so short. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was watching this movie because the the gal who's playing opposite of her in this scene is um, probably a taller person in real life anyway, like probably five eight or so. Right. But uh, Zelda Rubenstein was <laughs> really <Very> tiny. Short. <laughs> mm-hmm. You gonna give me whiplash, child? <laughs> <laughs> um, she very much so does her voice 
like she has a unique voice anyway, but it's uh, very much a throwback to poltergeist, mm-hmm. like the way she talks and her cadence. Um, but we're also introduced to uh, Robert England's character, yeah, who's got like the Donald Pleasance, <laughs> Doctor Loomis type yeah. role, yep. and he's a, a doctor who's after Leslie Vernon. Doc uh, was it Halloran? Yeah. Doc Halloran, and they refer to him as uh, the uh, Ahab. The Ahab, and and he keeps saying that, and they're like, "What's an Ahab? What's an Ahab?" Because he even says, "Like I got." He's an so Ahab. excited, he's like, "Oh, I got an Ahab!" Mm-hmm. And the filmmakers like, "Yay! What's an Ahab?" Um, and you know, going back to Moby Dick, it's the guy who, you know, is trying to hunt down the mm-hmm. serial killer. You know, and he's never successful, but he's the guy who knows all the information and he's going to try to hunt him. Like a, yeah, kind of a worthy adversary nemesis type. Yeah. Like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Someone and who Moriarty. knows, knows your weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. We're introduced to that. And, uh, you know, the 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 kill, he kills Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, he does. In this scene. Yep. The kill is successful and the girl survives because he's leaving her to survive because he wants, he's putting all the pieces pieces into place so when she gets to uh the house that they're gonna have this party at he's gonna have it all booby trapped and he's gonna have it Mm -hmm. all set up for their big showdown and he goes through it all and as he's going through it all we see it from the perspective of it being a film um he's talking to the filmmaker and he's like this is what i'm gonna do this is what i'm gonna do this is what i'm gonna do however prior to that the filmmaker discovers that uh through talking to robert england um, which she shouldn't have done because Leslie Vernon says, don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She discovers that th- he's not Leslie Vernon. <laughs> yeah, he's an imposter. He's the, an imposter. Doc, the doctor's his psychiatrist. And he escaped um, a mental hospital. Yeah. And he's obsessed with the like the legend of Leslie Vernon. And he's portraying that. And that's he's going to kill based on that yeah. legend. So that's his whole motive behind all this stuff. Um so the filmmakers go back and, and she's like, what the fuck? You lied to us. And he's like, well, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. You want to do this thing or not? <laughs> yeah. Are you in or are you out? And he convinces her to stay in and he proceeds to tell her the plan. And the plan is that, you know, there's going to be a couple that goes upstairs to have sex and he's going to kill them. He's going to let them wait a little while because he wants to, you know, what a way to go. Uh, he's going <laughs> to let them have sex and then. You know, he's going to cut the power because he's got a button that will cut the power. There's going to be a couple that goes downstairs to fix the fuse. He's going to kill the guy down there. The girl's going to run upstairs. The stoners are going to do what they do. And he's got, and they're going to run to the shed and he's yep. going to kill a person in the shed. He's even got weapons that he put up on purpose he that modified would break. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Disabled some of the weapons. Yeah, like the axe. I think he like made it so like the head of the axe yeah. will fly off. Yep. Yep. And uh, he goes through this whole thing, uh, even to the point where the Ahab, Robert England's character, is going to come back and he's going to kill that guy, uh, you know, all this stuff. So it comes time to actually do this. So that was all like projected. Like that didn't happen, but it was what he was talking about. But yeah. we see it as it like. It made us think it was going to happen. Yeah. So then. Or similar. Yeah. And so then the filmmakers go with him to the house and uh, they're waiting kind of in his. Uh, hiding place and he goes and kills the couple that goes to have sex. It happens exactly like he said it was going to happen. And then the filmmakers freak out. And Leslie Vernon, uh, he's so excited. Like Edward's like, yeah, I did it. And he's like thanking the crew. He's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then uh, he, uh, the filmmakers freak out and he's like, you guys got to go. And so he kicks them out and he's like, look, I got to do this. You guys are going to fuck up my entire plan. So, just you can't handle it. So it's been nice working Just, with yeah, you. Get out of here. Get out of here. 
And the two camera guys are like, fine, we'll <laughs> leave. And the girl is like, we can't leave. We can't, we got to save these kids. They're going to all die. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it switches to a film. We're done with the mockumentary from here on mm-hmm. out. Um, the, the filmmakers, all three of them go back to the house. They approach the kids and they're like, this is what's happening. And they can't find the final girl. Yeah, and, Kelly. And they're like, where is she? Oh, she's upstairs. And so they go upstairs and they hear some like screaming and they're like, fuck. And they open the door and she's riding reverse cowgirl on this <laughs> fucking dude. Banging a dude. And she's going crazy. And they're like, uh, she's not a virgin. That's like no virgin I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, one of them's like, or uh, the, the main girl, she's uh, the filmmaker girl. She's like, if he finds out she's not a virgin, he's going to be pissed and he's going to kill all of us. Yeah. Uh, so we need to get you guys out of here. Well, he's disabled all the cars. Mm-hmm. He's disabled even the the filmmaker's van yeah. at this point. Um, things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Even the filmmakers are like, he told us this is what he was going to do. And then they do it anyway. Like, yeah. Yep. He makes quick work of the stoners. And uh, doesn't he like he rips one of them, rips his heart out like with like a like a post hole digger. Yeah. And he and even then says he, and, and then puts the heart in his hand. Yeah. And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he does. Uh, he does everything he says he was going to do. And they even predict what he's going to do and they try to avoid it. But then they get caught back up in the trap again. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And so even despite the fact that they know what the plan is, they really don't. They really don't. No. And everybody starts dying. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now the crew's like part of the story. The crew is part of the story. And one of the crew uh, get runs off. He's going to try to divert him off a different way. Um, he dies. And then, uh, you know, the, the final girl, they, they tell her, look, you were the virgin. And then there's another girl who's left and she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> she's like, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> But uh, they start killing everybody until they finally find out, figure out that, wait a second, she wasn't who his obsession was. Right. The obsession was the filmmaker yep. all along. The, yep. And she was the virgin. And she, as, she admits to it in so many words. She starts crying when she realizes. I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known love in a physical way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then the doctor shows up. Uh, he gets like. One of the teenagers out. knocks him out, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. They think, they think it's Leslie. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the final girl ends up dying. She falls out of a window. She jumps out of the window <laughs> yeah. and dies. She did. Or the supposed final girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah the, the, yeah, the supposed final girl. So now um, pretty much everybody's dead except for the uh, filmmaker yeah, girl. Taylor. Taylor and uh, Leslie Vernon. And they have a confrontation, and then she puts his head in a cider press, yeah, and just fucking cranks well, and, it. And she grabs before she even does that. She grabs the axe and like swings at him, but the head of the axe flies off. Yep, yeah, just like he said would happen. Yeah, and even when yeah. she she's holding the axe, she's like, "Come get some." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she has those like cliche moments. Uh-huh. And anyway, so she sticks his head in a cider press and she twists it, and he's like, "I knew." it was you or something like he's like, he knew he was right in picking her. Right. And then she just gives it a crack and it's like, you hear just the cracking of the skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, come to find out one of the cameramen did survive. Yeah. And then the doctor survived. She lit yeah. the place on fire. Yeah. She too. burned, burned that mofo down. Yep. And they all go walking away. That's it. And then it's the credits. And then if you watch the credit sequence, right. uh, there's like a security camera yeah. showing uh, a guy working in a morgue. 
Mm-hmm. And he pulls out the body of Leslie Vernon and then uh, you know, sits up. He yep. sits up at the end and then it, it cuts, cuts off. Not, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. It all happens to Psycho Killer by uh, the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, what am I? I? I love the Talking the Heads. The Talking Heads are awesome. But, um, yeah, they're great. But that song in particular is a great song to have. <laughs> Um, so Alan, this being your first view, I know we kind of ripped through it, but I want to, I want to get some of your insight to this movie. Uh, What things did you notice? What things did you like or not like? Well, I had seen this movie before. Oh, I thought you said you hadn't. Well, not this one, but I've seen, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? I've seen this scenario before. There's a movie, there's a Belgian movie from 92 called Man Bites Dog and a documentary film crew. Oh, I've heard about that. They follow around a serial killer, uh, his day-to-day life, you know, him at the coffee shop smoking and drinking coffee, and then, you know, at a friend's house, and they're having a laugh, and, you know, and then he goes on, does his killing, they record everything. So uh, this this was very similar to it. I didn't think it was as good as Man Bites Dog, whereas uh, in this film, it was very predictable. Mm. I knew like not even halfway in that that the reporter was going to be the final girl. Yeah. And um there was there were some character flaws in her that I thought like I was like come on like you know I was because it was a serious role but I just thought that they made I don't know if they intentionally made her character this dumb or what but <laughs> but after everything she learned from him she she wasn't smart enough to realize like how 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 intellectual this guy really was that she learned late into the movie that she was the final girl she should have she should have seen this coming a mile away um and there were things that she did where it's like oh you're going to you're just going to you're going to get your friends killed like you know so i thought that well, was it's like she knows she's a virgin like might that be important <laughs> yeah maybe he knows that yeah and the the her her crew had more intelligence than she than she did. They were like, "Let's get out of here! Yeah. Like we're gonna die! Like seriously!" Because it it apparently they learned more from the killer than she did. Exactly, and and, and think, he was even abusing her in some of the scenes. It's like, come on, like be a stronger. I wish she would. I wish yeah. she had been a smarter, mm-hmm. stronger lead. I I do think. Just really quick to interject you, I think that uh, even Leslie Vernon says that though, is that the girl doesn't know her power until she has to ultimately have it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what happens. Like that whole rebirth, that whole walking through the, the birth canal. Yeah. Um, that's what it represents. And that's when she gets her strength. So she is. Oh meek. yeah. Yeah. It's just the yeah. closet is like a womb. Yeah, she is meek and she is. Yeah. And that's why she suffers through his uh, violence right. towards her. Yeah. And she gives into that until the end. And that's when she finds her inner power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just waiting for it to happen and it was so predictable. And, yeah. And I get it. I, I get a lot of the symbolism, but it was just like, you know what's going to happen and you're basically just waiting for it, waiting for it. It's like, okay, now yeah. she knows. And it's like, you're already kind of deep in the movie. It's like, uh, but with that said, I still give it a three. Mm. Um, and it, and it's not, it's not a found footage at all. I mean, no, it's a, yeah, mockumentary. It's a mockumentary. And, and this, and like I said, this would have been great compared. And I, I love that we talked about it, but this would be really good to compare with man bites dog. You know, I have never seen that movie, but I've heard of it and I do need to watch it. It's it's great because they're actually both films are really good parallels. In this film, you have the documentary team, they decide well she with her leading, she decides that you know, they're going to try to save these kids. 
Whereas in Man Bites Dog, the documentary team, and this isn't giving too much away, but they start to question themselves. Okay. And then they start to become involved. Okay. And it's a great movie. And they, these two would be really good parallels with each other. Mm. But but I favor Man Bites Dog uh, a lot more than this film. This was very predictable. Uh, it still had some great moments. And I give it a three. I think it's decent. It's yeah. worth checking out. Well, that's a pretty good rating. Yeah, I give it three and a half. Um, I really like this movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, I like the first half of the movie better than the second half. I really like the behind the scenes, like interview stuff. Like I think it's fun that the Leslie Vernon character uh, is kind of delightful. Like he's got like a boyish charm. Like he gets excited, like talking about it and talking shop with like his mentor. Um, I love the scene where he's talking about like how important cardio is <laughs> yeah. because you know you gotta walk really really fast like while people are running from you like you still got to catch up to him that was funny um i love the part where like he shows like how he encounters the girl behind the restaurant like he rigs like a brick with some string to like pull the stop out so the door shuts behind her and then like pokes his head out just so like they make eye contact but uh but you know they don't speak and then when she turns around because the door shuts uh she turns back around and he's gone and it's like part of the game and it plays out just as he said it would. Yeah. And he's all giddy with excitement. Yep. Um, so I, I find it funny. Uh, and then I think the second half, it kind of turns into a stereo, like just kind of a typical slasher kind of movie, which is fine. But um, I, I preferred more of the documentary style of the first half. Um, but this is a movie I enjoy. Uh, I, I've come back to it several times and I, I will continue to watch it over the years. So three and a half for me. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Alan on this one. I'm going to go three. Um, I like this movie. I really think, and David, I think you hit the nail on the head. I like the documentary aspect of it a lot more than the actual film of it when they get towards the end. However, um, you know, it being predictable and everything, I'm okay with that. Like, I, there is that whole, and I don't know what I thought when I first saw it, but now when I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, yeah. duh, she's the she's mm-hmm. the virgin, she's it's, the final girl. Like it's pretty yeah. blatant. Um, even when he's talking to his mentor and and uh, the mentor's wife, he's like, they're like, oh, this is your plan, and like they like kind of give side glances to the camera crew, and they're like, they mm-hmm. know yeah, what they the know whole plan up. is going to be. So yeah, that's more maybe even more subtle. There's some obvious things. Um, I love the cliches that they bring in. Yeah. Like, like you said, when he's training his cardio, he's like, most people don't understand how much we got to train for this. I almost wish they would have gone. And maybe, maybe if I saw man bites dog, I, um, I actually might've rated this less because it sounds like that movie is more of a, a documentary style. It well, doesn't, both it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever is, flip though. Is that oh, one, that, 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 you're right. It does flip. Yeah. Is um, that one in more this, in this movie? In this does. movie, it doesn't is, in Man Bites Dog though. It does not. Is no. Man Bites Dog more serious? It's it's darker. Yeah. Okay. And, now both films, both films are 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 black comedies. Like they're dark comedies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this one's more overtly though funny. Like they trying to be funny. Like you could tell. Like oh no, Man Bites Dog. There are some like funny moments where you're watching it. And, oh really? And you're kind of just you're you feel like you're watching something very lighthearted. There's even some scenes where he. I think. It's been years since I've seen it, but there's some scenes where he's at a coffee shop and he's telling, he's cracking jokes and, you know, he's singing and, you know, mm-hmm. they go out drinking and, you know, they're smoking cigarettes and, and it looks like you're watching like a funny, like a fun movie or like somebody's home movies or something, you yeah. know, somebody's actual 
recording. And that's what they did. They went around with a camera and they were having a good time. And and then all of a sudden it goes to a scene where where he kills someone. And yeah. And he kills another person. And then, <laughs> and it starts to get really dark. Okay. And it's very gritty. And see, I think I think I would have liked this movie, this um, Rise of Leslie Vernon, uh, Behind the Mask, if it would have been all documentary style. I think I would have liked it more. And I think if they would have like just kept with that whole, and if they would have gone that route, of course, then it would have treaded into like remake and oh, mm-hmm. da, 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 and are we stealing no, it, from no, this person it was, or Yeah, it would have been a ripoff. Yeah, it and, I, been, and to an extent, I think it is somewhat of a ripoff right Definitely. Now. I mean, without seeing it. It's I, not original. This, yeah. Yeah, this is not original. Um, and, and again, if, if I have seen, if I would have seen Man Bites Dog, mm-hmm. I might have rated it lower. Mm-hmm. But from this perspective right now, I'm, I'm going to give it a three. I was yeah. entertained. Um, I like the Leslie Vernon character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to your point, Alan, the, the girl, she was kind of annoying because yeah, she was dumb, but <laughs> it, she does it took find, a long time for her to get some sense. Now she does find her strength and this is something I want to talk about. And I, I want to save this for later, a different uh, episode, but I'll touch on this briefly is one thing that I like about horror movies is that it does it's very kind. Some people think they're not kind to women. I I look at it the opposite way. Women tend to be the smarter characters. Yeah, I think we've talked about this. Yeah, before. and the stronger characters. And the final character is almost always a woman. And she's always almost the one who does the smart thing. Yeah. In this one, she does some stupid stuff, but then she like clicks at the end and she she yeah. she does it. But she's always the one who does the smarter thing. She she really she's nurturing yeah uh, if you look at jamie lee curtis in halloween she's nurturing but she's also like a badass right when she needs to be and yeah. that's the 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 nature it was of, a, of 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 yeah. females in all species is like they tend to be the badasses yeah. like if you look at a lioness she'll protect her cubs and she'll mm-hmm. beat the shit out of a lion yeah yeah she she was <laughs> at the end you know she was a good takeaway from it i just wish that you know she wouldn't have been so dumb all along yeah <laughs> it, it took a long time and, yeah. and you know, the payoff wasn't that great but you know i i think it's great you know to have another fe- you, you can't have enough female strong female leads in, in films and you know yeah. she's one of them but man she was dumb for a long time <laughs> yeah and and the other thing too is like to that point is like when they're like when he's like i got an ahab it's like duh why didn't she get that like that reference like if she's a college student right. she understands yeah. the moby dick reference right so yeah. i, I kind of was like mm. Yeah, whatever. A little smarter. Yeah. So, uh, regardless, what does that bring us to an average? It's a three point one seven. Three point one seven. That's a pretty good average. Yeah. Going to more modern times, about that was two thousand six for that movie. So that movie's been around for a little while. Um, two thousand sixteen brought us a movie called Found Footage. Three D. Three D. I watched it in two D. As did I. <laughs> there is a 3D version, though, I right? think it's there just, is. Oh, is there? It's not just called 3D. Okay. Yeah. It is called Found Footage 3D, but they did film it in 3D. Um, and that plays kind of into the, the premise of the, of the movie. Um, this movie, like I said, 2016, I had never heard of it. I was just flipping through Shudder, and I had never seen it before. I had never heard of it either, and that's why when you picked it, I was like, huh? What, yeah. what is this? Had you seen it well, before? It's a Shudder exclusive. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, oh, I didn't even so know that. So it was, I think maybe it, it, it got some film festival uh, exposure. Okay. But it was not released theatrical mm. or anything like that. Okay. So. Okay. Um, 
Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit I'll, I'll let you do the research. I'll, I'll just uh, <laughs> um, talk about them. Um, <laughs> I pick them. got prestige worldwide. I pick them, talk about them. in the research. You do the research. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, well, you're really, uh, Alan, you're really good about that. Like, you look up some stuff about these films. I don't always do that. I Sometimes I just forget. I love um, tracing actors and actresses. Yeah. Love, oh yeah. You know, I love seeing. If I love a director, I'll I'll check out. You know what else they've done. And As I'm watching a movie, like with the Leslie Vernon one, I'm like, where have I seen this chick before? And I'll look it up mm-hmm. quickly on my phone, and then I'll just put my phone down. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then I forget about it after I'm done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so, I should and, look that. And up. you know, a lot of times I have questions too. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, what did that character mean by that, or what did? Yeah. Know? And I'll, I I love reading IMDb and just reading about movies in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So with this movie, this is a, another one that plays off the tropes of uh, a genre, a subgenre. The found footage genre. And I loved how it starts with like the generic disclaimer, like at the beginning, like, oh, this group of people yeah. went into the woods and this is like the footage. And I was like, I rolled my eyes like, oh, yeah. Jesus, here we go. And yeah. then and then come to find out that's that's part of the gag. Yeah. You know, maybe these two films are a good pairing after all because they both play off on the tropes. Tropes and cliches, of yeah. Their Respected genre. genre, yeah. So you have the sub-genre. slasher genre, yep. uh, the slasher sub. And he's explaining all the tropes, and then you have this film, and then the crew. They're explaining all the. Tropes. They're explaining all the tropes of yeah, found exactly. footage films. That's exactly why I picked them to there go. You go. Oh, there you go. Brilliant. I yep. explained it to you. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Cut that out, David. <laughs> Put that at the beginning where I go. This is why I picked them. <laughs> <laughs> Do some fancy. Editing. In fact, I'll just record it right now. I picked these films to go together. <laughs> uh, no, but that is that's a good that that is very, no they're a good pairing yeah that, it's a good pairing thanks <laughs> no I did that accidentally um, so found footage uh, basically it's a it's a found footage of movie a crew crew yeah. making a movie mm-hmm. uh, a, they're making a found footage movie so. Yeah. It's uh, the behind the scenes. It's like the guy, the main filmmaker's brother is always recording, documenting the process of making a movie. And the movie they happen to be making is a found footage movie along the lines of like a paranormal activity or Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, Those movies tend to be hit or miss. Right. um, In the in the genre. But when they do hit, they hit big. Again, those two examples, Blair Witch and, and Paranormal Activity, made millions. Paranormal Activity, I think. Now, yeah. that The first that, one, I want to say, I think it broke, well. it broke the record that I think Halloween had. Yeah. I think it for, was, like, for like highest grossing independent yeah. horror film. Yeah. I think. And I think one of the reasons why is ghosts in general, I think, have more of an appeal than any other kind of movie monster or creature or anything like that with the exception of maybe alien which you know i think alien and ghosts mm-hmm. kind of have an almost worldwide opinion because some people believe in them that and that's what i was going to get at. i think ghosts probably even more so and the reason why is because ghosts definitely fall into a religious category mm-hmm. and we're connected with them and even people that are religious will be like oh like you talk to a Catholic about the movie The Exorcist, right. and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Yeah, <laughs> my wife, who is not really it's, religious, yeah, and who doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts, like but I have a kind of I have a Ouija board. Them. Yeah, she won't let me bring it in the house. <laughs> I have oh, to yeah. keep it in the garage in a box. Oh yeah, I'm like, it's just a game. No, yeah, yeah, I don't fuck around with that shit either. <laughs> I, I, no, I get where where she's coming from. Yeah, um, you know, there's I'm not religious. I know you guys aren't either. Mm-mm. 
Um, and I wouldn't say I'm atheist either. I don't really know what to believe, but I, I take a lot of different things in. But one thing that I think is legit are spirits and ghosts. And I think they can be aggravated and uh don't piss it off yeah you know there's there's you know like like a ouija board i wouldn't fuck with that no it's like way when you're by yourself and you fart you gotta be careful there might be, <laughs> might be a ghost there be like you asshole another evil spirit that's, fuck that, ghost that stinks fuck ghosts. fuck ghosts yeah i mean i've ex- I'll, I'll take them on I'll i've, you I've on. experienced show yourself yeah i've experienced some stuff you know nothing too serious but i, I know what i and we've talked about them yeah. on, on this podcast oh, yeah. your experiences yeah. that you've had or a couple of them yeah uh, we talked about david hearing cats fuck Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we talked about your experiences that you've had as well. You're yeah. le- more legitimate than David's fucking <laughs> bullshit. Horny cats. Horny cats. I, Meow. Uh, I, see, I just can't get behind it. I like the stories, though. I do like the stories, and they do uh, they do creep me out, but that's why I'm saying it can be a universal. For even someone like me who doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts at all, mm-hmm. I still like them. Yeah. And then for people that do believe, they quote unquote like them that's how i am i like it, i like the concept they acknowledge them yeah they acknowledge them but they like the films because it you know we why do we like horror they have films? a little more sense yeah. touches uh, a, touches a nerve yeah they have like, a little oh, more could, sense of that belief, could be real you know yeah, yeah. they it connects yeah so they're they, so that's what paranormal activity was that's a whole other <laughs> fucking movie but they're um capitalizing well, this one's similar yeah and we'll and, get into that and they're capitalizing on the whole um success of this found footage but they're trying to set their movie yeah they want to do something that's never been done before yeah like what can we do to set it apart yeah and they're gonna film theirs in 3d using 3d cameras and they're all very enthusiastic so you have uh the main guy i think he's he's like co-director but he's like financing it the producer he's the producer he's the the star he's the the writer and he kind of takes over as the director He's kind of yeah. a dick. Oh, he's an yeah, he's, asshole. He's all over the place. He's yeah. basically kind of bossing everyone around, kind of telling them how mm-hmm. to do it. But he he also has an enthusiasm. He's over enthusiastic to where he comes across as a, as a real dick. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the friend. What's his name? The blonde guy with the glasses. He's the director. He's the director. But you see him start to get frustrated as. The oh movie yeah, I think goes his name's on. Andrew yeah. because he wants to make a movie that makes sense. That there's some like because he even says at one time. Um, he's like, why would they keep the camera on? Right. He's like, that doesn't make sense. Like he's looking at it from a very logical, uh, film yeah, perspective. And, he's always, and yeah. he talks about like, that's one of the, the problems with most found footage movies is there comes a point where turn yeah. the camera off. Like, yeah, why, why, is, would the, why is the, the camera, camera still on? on? So he's like, oh, so we got to create like a reason of why would the camera need to be on? So his character kind of relates to like maybe you know, a, a viewer looking for logic. Exactly. And yes. then the producer guy is kind of more of the type. I just want to be entertained. Yeah. He wants to, you know, do yeah, this who, and who do cares? that, you know, and he's looking yeah. for entertainment. Well, he's kind of like, and he's kind of like, nobody's going to notice that. Yeah. yeah. He's that, he's and even type. if they do, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. We're going to scare them. We're going to do this. And we and got, we it got, doesn't yeah. matter. We got the money. Yeah. yeah. Um, to that point, though, I think they do a good job. Of, they explain it away mm-hmm. by having that conversation right mm-hmm. so they they acknowledge the fact that when you're watching blair witch at some point you're like why did the fuck they if they're so lost if they're so scared just put down right. the fucking yeah, film equipment filming? right and run party's over yeah yeah or uh paranormal activity it's like with that shit going on like okay i understand that we found your security surveillance cameras or whatever it is but you don't have to videotape everything right mm-hmm. like so I, I that like that is they, a problem with yeah. those found footage movies. So I like that it had the dynamic between the two characters. Yes, that was a good um, balance. And and meanwhile, as they're as they're talking about not only just that, they talk about different tropes of the found footage genre throughout the whole thing. 
And what's funny is everything they talk about ends up winds up happening. happening. Right. Yep. So it's like um, <laughs> there's a scene in the barn where they're like, okay, the shovel's gonna fall and it's just gonna barely hit her, and uh, that's a jump scare. And the, and the one PA, uh, the production assistant, like she miss says it. She doesn't say jump scare. She says something else. And the lead actress is like, it's like a called, pop pop scare. Or yeah, something pop scare. She and she's like, it's called a jump scare. And she's like, listen, you don't have to fucking be mean to me. And right then the shovel falls and hits her on the head. And it's like a jump scare. Like you're like, what the fuck? Where did that come out of? Um, So those types of things uh, do occur throughout the whole movie. But you were were going through the cast. So we had the producer and the director. Then you have a sound guy. He's he's, uh, kind of a... um, He's kind of the skeptic. He's a little bit of a dick, but he's also kind of the realist. Yeah. He's kind of the Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, kind of good. comic relief too sometimes. Well, I didn't, I didn't think he was skeptical. I thought the opposite. I thought No, he wasn't skeptical. He was yeah, a he, believer. He was a believer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was a believer. Yeah, he was the one like when stuff starts to happen, he's like, dude, we got to he, get out of here. He's like, like, you shouldn't even take us to the haunted messing? house. Oh, yeah. This place is supposedly haunted in real life. And, why are we going there? And out of all the characters, he represented the most. He's the voice of reason. He was the voice of reason. He was he was probably the most down to earth. Yeah. Um, you know, he mentioned he he was going to do a Ben Affleck movie, but then he owed his friend a favor, so he decided to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, he helped me out of some financial problems back in the day. I owe him one. He's like, plus I fucking hate Ben Affleck. Which yeah. as he was saying when he said I was going to do a Ben Affleck. I knew Affleck, he was going to say that. So did I. I knew he was going to say I was like, that. he's going to say he hates Ben Affleck. I knew he was going to say it. <laughs> I totally I I because everybody how. would say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like Ben Affleck. I'm like one of two people that like Ben Affleck. Yeah, well. I have no issue with him. Yeah. Me and Matt Damon and David. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only one. I don't even think ben, Matt Damon likes Ben Affleck anymore. Yeah. Oh. He's like, I wrote fucking Goodwill Hunting, not you. Affleck. <laughs> Like, yeah, Did you ever I'm see that here. Family Guy where they're uh, writing oh, where they're Good like, Will Hunting? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and Matt Damon's like Good Will Hunting, written by Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck's in the back, and he's like, and Ben Affleck isn't he doing something stupid? And yeah. He's like, dude, all you did was eat and smoke pot the whole time I was writing this. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know how that—that's how it went down. But totally. Whatever. <laughs> Um, All right, so the sound guy, sound guy. Then we got the PA, who's like just some young pretty girl. Yeah, that the producer met, and you got yeah. the female lead, who is the male lead slash producer writer guy. It's Ex-wife. His, it's his. I think they're still married, but they're estranged. Separated. Right? Estra- yeah. They're separated. Yeah. And then you got the brother of the producer, who's, and he's the cameraman, who's yeah. and uh, he's re- he's recording the documentary. He's recording, recording everything because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's recording yeah. the documentary. So that's the way this film is being viewed yeah. yep and they travel to this uh cabin or this barn farmhouse yeah that was supposedly haunted and we learn this through again the trope of the of the found footage so they stop off at this gas station and they see some like old guys sitting on a porch yeah they make a deliverance reference mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and they're like oh let's get them to warn us not to go up to the up to the barn and so yeah. they have this whole scene where they this say this was a funny scene yeah they, they say to the guys <laughs> they say to the guys tell us not to go up to this barn so through some comedic elements of this they ultimately say it and then when the cameras go off and their and the, acting is like really bad yeah when the cameras go off and now it's just the documentary kind of guy who's getting them to sign the release um the guys are like, where are you guys headed? And they're like telling them where they're going to film at. Yeah. And that's when they tell them. And like, don't go don't there. Don't go there. <laughs> and they do it like real then. Yeah. And it doesn't look like they're, act, like they're acting not acting. They're being very natural. Like, oh, so that's a bad I, idea. I really love this scene because even though this is a found footage film, 
this scene reminded me of like this is Spinal Tap or like a Christopher Guest mm-hmm. mockumentary, like because just just the comedic elements. Well, that's kind of how I felt about the yeah. first film or Leslie Vernon. Yeah, that was more yeah. mockumentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one kind of had that element a little bit, even though it's found footage. I love that scene with the two old guys. Yeah, I really liked it too because it also sets up, because this happens really early on, it sets up the whole premise of everything that they're talking about that has to be included in a found footage film is included in their real lives, which is then in turn this found footage film that they're making that we're watching. Mm -hmm. So it's like... It's like uh, Inception. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like, exactly. I, I don't know. What am I so, watching? A movie within a movie. And that's where the, that's where the uh, sound guy finds out that it was actually a haunted house. And he's like, he's like we oh, shouldn't go there. Yeah, we no. shouldn't go Why there. Why are we doing this? And he's like, he's like trying to put it on the PA. He's like, she's really scared. So <laughs> but <laughs> no. you can tell that it's him. Yeah. But they ultimately go there anyway and they start filming. And we get some more details about the relationship between the producer actor guy and his uh, wife who he separated from and their relationship and how contentious it's been and they have their moments on set which are like real but they're not real Mm -hmm. but they're most of it was real yeah they're improvising but you know through the improvisation they're also kind of working through stuff they're yeah they're really like just going to therapy um, as they're doing some of these scenes. But it's not exactly working out. Mm-mm. No, and uh, the brothers film some stuff, and he's editing, and he sees a, a shadow, like in the background, uh, that goes across the, the window screen, and he kind of blows it up, and he's like, I don't know what this is. And then he hears a noise, and so he goes off, and we see that shadow move, mm-hmm. and then like disappear. Yeah. And then when he comes back, so like he's filming himself editing, and when he comes back, he's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, and then he looks at it, and it's not even there. But we saw it on the camera recording him. Yeah, right. Editing. Yeah, yeah. It, so it does a really great weird. job of cameras and viewpoints. Yeah. and uh, Which they, I didn't understand at first, and then later yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah, like, they oh, kind of explain it afterwards. Okay. They did very subtle things. Yeah. Um, but I did like how they also teased, too. Like, the uh, producer guy had a... I think it was around this point in the movie where he has a stereo. Oh yeah, because there's a bunch of like weird noises. Yeah, in the they of the hear night, and like screaming. A, there's like a baby crying and yeah. like animals and, and they stuff. go out to investigate. It's it's Johnny Depp with a boombox. Yeah, playing he's sound out there. effects. <laughs> they run into each other and the boombox breaks. And John Cusack. Yeah, <laughs> say anything. Um, in your but it was a cool little tease. <laughs> I am complete. Uh, yes, but it yeah, was it's, a tease. it's Derek and that plays the, and that plays in. To later on when they hear noises and they're like, oh, it's just him with the sound effects. Yeah. Nope. No. Which, you know, is also in, a, in of itself a trope. It's like, there's always something that happens and then and it's it a gets false like, alarm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, yep. then, and then it happens again and they're like, oh, it's just Jerry. Yeah. Jerry, you silly. Go-. Like Shelly in Friday 13th Part 3, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. When he plays like he's dead. And then when he is dead, she's all, Shelly, you, you silly prankster. Yeah, yep. you fuck. Yep. <laughs> Almost like, every movie does it. Yep. A lot of shit happens, like uh, as they're making the movie, like uh, some weird shit. But they they always explain it away. Like at one point, the the female lead screams, like she's so upset, she like screams, and that's not part of the script. And like all the dishes come flying out of the cupboards. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, nobody really really reacts to it. And I was like, oh, is she like fucking Carrie? And what had happened was, is they actually set that up to happen. Yeah, it yeah was they rigged, set up a gag. But they hadn't plugged the rig in. Right. 
Yeah, so like, how did it go off? But they explained it away like, oh, it just must have malfunctioned on its own. Yeah. Like, it just must have set itself off. I love how the director says, like, oh, her voice must have tripped the wire or something. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Such a shrill. Fucking Mariah Carey over the here. The other thing that they do, too, is uh, they're out filming and they're like, we're going to see the spirit f- here or the yeah, ghost the here. And they're like, uh, it's going to be uh, shitty CGI. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why is it going to be shitty CGI? Because we can't afford good CGI. Yeah. And that also plays into part of this movie, too, is because when we do see um the uh, specter the specter it is shitty cgi yep yeah so <laughs> they're really self-referential yeah in this movie which i appreciate it knows what it's a, what it is yeah um getting back to also um one part of the movie and it happened in both these movies my wife and i watched these movies together and she's like this happened in both of these <laughs> the the main guy and the main girl are missing they wake up in the middle of the night and they're gone and they hear screaming from the barn. And so the rest, the crew and everybody goes running out to the barn. And what do they see? Banging. They're fucking. And she's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just like going at it like yeah. fucking animals. Mm-hmm. They're very troubled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're complicated. They they're they're, they're, a, they're <laughs> yeah. an absolute mess. Yeah. Well, and then the next morning, well, she's got they're a, actors. She's got a black eye. Like the next yeah, morning, it's like, like, did it he was, beat her? It was rough. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's why that's, I took it. I was like, I took it. That's like a kink thing. He hit her or something. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't understand how that happened because they never really explained it. He, he, I think he was abusive. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. And well, but physically. Yeah. But she kind of liked it. Well, in a sexual way, that's right? kind of that's kind of what I got from it. I, yeah, but you know, I think she, I think she was very conflicted, and, and I, she was just a woman in an abusive relationship. She was a woman because yeah. well, he goes right back to being a dick. But then yeah. he also says to his brother, he's like, "You don't know what she's like." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the brother has a fondness for her. Well, he and he knows something's wrong too. Well, yeah, he, he knows this isn't right. Yeah, yeah he but knows. To Brett's point, like you can tell, he's got a thing for the wife. He's sweet on her. Yeah, and and his brother, the dickhead producer, is like. He's kind of a wimp, though. Yeah, the little brother. True, but the older <laughs> brother's like, you don't know what she's like. Yeah. Like you fall in love with this idea that you have of her, but that's not what she's like. He calls her the Antichrist, and like, <laughs> yeah, they're like you said, Alan. You hit the nail on the head. They're troubled. This is not a good, healthy <laughs> yeah. relationship. No, 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 uh-huh. no. Yeah, they both no. need to get out and, of this relationship. And that guy's a that guy's a dick. And I, we be yeah, we begin to see the characters. They're very enthusiastic at first, and we think it. You know, we're we're seeing. A deterioration. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's th- at this point too where he, he's like, you know what? Things have been super tense around here. Like, let's just go get drunk. Yep. So they all go out to a bar and everything's kind of cool. Like, like the actress and the um, producer dickhead guy, they just got done fucking. So she's like <laughs> in a good mood. He's in a good mood. But then she looks over and she sees him making moves on the PA. Well, he's doing the old, uh, let me teach you how to shoot pool thing where he's like yeah. draped over her. Yeah. Never a good idea. Yeah. It's throws- that or teaching someone how to putt. Yeah, exactly. Just, Let me get oh, behind yeah. you. So she goes guys, and throws guys a, are such dicks. She goes and throws a beer in his face. Yep. Yep. And then they uh they go back to the house. Um the sound guy leaves. He's like, you know what? Fuck this place. Something happens. I forget yeah. what happened. Oh, when they go back to the house, That's everything's right. been stolen or No, no, no. It's all trash. With. It's been like ransacked. Yeah, yeah nothing's stolen. It's yeah. all everything's trashed. And then he and the producer guy get into it. And we learned that 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 was the favor that he was doing for him was the fact that the producer he owned all that equipment. And he loaned him the money to buy yeah, he all loaned the equipment. Him the money. 
So, and he's like, that equipment's mine, not yours, so fuck you. Yeah. yeah he's like, you want to leave? Uh, you're not going to have any equi- equipment, so good luck doing your Ben Affleck movie yeah. without yeah. any of your stuff. Yep. And he's so, like, fuck you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so the sound guy leaves. And also we're seeing that we're starting to see the characters start to deteriorate. Like the, the uh, director is um, becoming more frustrated with the producer because he's he kind of a puss it. too though that director guy he's yeah like, oh yeah he never stands up for himself no. well he gets into it with him he tries everything he, he can to like you know he, like he's trying to be professional he's basically saying yeah. like look this isn't <laughs> going to work because this is that and then but he always acquiesce yeah you know he's always like um but by the way i love that word acquiesce, acquiesce. that's a good word i was yeah. uh i was interviewing for a job the other day and i used that acquiesce oh did and your, I used it perfect. Dude, did your did your dick flutter in your pants a little bit when you said it? You're like, oh, it did. That was really and good. And I couldn't stand up when they were like, <laughs> okay, interview's over. I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna need a, a minute. While. Put my textbook over my <laughs> walked out hunched over. <laughs> Tuck it into like the elastic. Tucked it up. Tucked it up, yeah, exactly. Take um, it from six to midnight. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, it was more of a like uh, a quarter after three. <laughs> but uh oh. Regardless, I do like that word. But yes, he always gives in to what the producer says. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I meant by he's kind of a puss too. But And ultimately, everybody reaches a boiling point. Mm-hmm. That is true. And then we see a scene between the the actress and the, um, the actor, the husband and wife. And they're talking. And we think it's real. But it's actually part of the movie that they're making. Yeah. And it kind of pans out. And they're filming this. And this is where she screams and all the shit flies everywhere. I think... Or it might be another scene. Uh, later. Regardless of what it is, is like they do these cuts, these intercuts between them filming the movie, then the behind the scenes shots, and what they're actually filming. So you don't know what's real and what's yeah, not. Yeah, because there's so many parallels. Until they, yeah, yeah until they um, pan out a little bit further. But um, regardless, he gets a guy from like um, Bloody Disgusting or something to come oh, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this guy's going to review our film. Yeah, Scott Weinberg. Yeah. Like that, yeah. He he's real. He's a real guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's um, a real guy. Is he on Bloody Disgusting? Uh oh no, uh, I feel like a dick. Or Fear um, or something yeah, like he's that. on one of those. I feel bad for not knowing off. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. But well, and before he comes over, isn't that same morning? Um, the wife wakes up and she's got like Freddy Krueger like claw marks. Yeah, on her. she's they take bleeding. Her to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And she comes back though. She's gonna she's gonna finish everything off. Yeah. Um. But uh, they're filming a scene, and this Scott uh, reviewer guy is like um, watching them film, and it takes place in the kitchen. Now, the rest of the crew is watching from the other room because the only thing that's filming them is a security, two mm-hmm. GoPros, actually. Yeah. Um, so they're watching it on a monitor. Yeah. And, and the door ha- is open. And they're having the scene, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, She's like in the in the movie that they're making. She's like, uh, just turn off the cameras. And he's like, okay. And he goes up there and he starts fiddling with the cameras. And she grabs something and she like hits him over the it head. It's like a claw hammer a or hammer, something. Yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. And so you're thinking, oh, this is all part of the movie. Well, it ends up that's not part of the movie. And like the, the crew reacts. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. And her face like kind of turns into like a demonic face. And then the door like closes and the door. Fl- yeah. 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 At first it slams shut and then and you then, see like blood coming from underneath the door, like a shit ton of blood. And the guy like blows up. Like he explodes in there. Like she like either rips him apart or he There's like body parts everywhere. Yeah. But then the door flies off and knocks out a uh, Weinberg kills him. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cause he's like, Oh, this is all part of a stunt. And then he gets killed. And then, um, 
the uh, the director gets killed, and I think it's the the specter like bursts out of his chest. Yes, yeah. yeah. and then um, you got the the brother, the little brother who goes running, and the PA who goes running, and uh, they meet each other up in the woods. Yeah, and they don't know what's going on. She dies, and then he through the camera sees the. Yep, the, and here's where we get our why does the camera keep running? It's because you need the camera to see the specter. Yep. Yeah. And so he he uh she dies. And then he starts hearing because his camera is hooked up to the audio equipment, to the lavalier mics. Mm-hmm. He hears the actress, she's still alive, and he's like, "I hear you." And she's like, "I don't know where I am." And so he runs and he grabs another lavalier mic. And he starts talking to her because she has a camera. And he has to go like into that room with, with like all the body parts and chunks. His brother to, just to, got blown yeah, up to get the uh, to get the microphone. Yep. And so he puts it on, and now we got side by side shots. We got her point of view camera and his point of view camera, mm. and they're talking to each other through the mics and through the headphones. They can hear each other. And he's like, uh, "Where are you?" She's like, "I'm right here." He gets into the van. He drives the van. He picks her up, puts her in the van. And they're driving away and um, he hits a log in the road. Yeah. He hits a log in the road and then they're like talking to one another and she's like, I'm sorry you came back to pick me up and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, then you get your final jump scare where she turns into a fucking beast mm-hmm. and oh. just comes right at the camera and which I'll admit, I thought it was a pretty him. good jump scare. It like, was, it got me. It was, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but it still got me. It the, did get me too. They, I got the chills when they I watched timed it, it right. Yeah. yeah. They, their timing was perfect. Yeah. Because you're kind of waiting for it and, yeah. and it caught you off guard. Yeah. So, uh, that was the movie found footage 3d. Yeah. Alan, what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm here. So, I'm not a real big fan of found footage films, but this is the best one. Really? Yeah, Hmm. I think this is the best one. Uh, The writing was so clever and the story was so clever. Um, I think it's genius to do a movie about a film crew making a found footage film. Mm -hmm. And it's clever the way they were uh, pointing out all the tropes just like the previous film that we discussed, they pointed out all the tropes and they even, like I said, they had character dynamics where you had one character who kind of represented the viewer who, you know, likes some of the goofy stuff in these movies. Then you have the other character that represents, you know, somebody that wants to see more logic. And uh, I can identify with both. So uh, I connected with a few of the characters in that regard. Uh, the sound guy was the voice of reason. And, uh, you know, I connected with him too because he was like, let's get out of here. You know, this is, this place is fucked up. So I thought the char- all the characters were interesting. The acting was great. Um, the story was great. And I thought it went at a really good pace. It kept me interested. And I was watching this late at night. Normally, you know, I'm trying to stay awake. Uh, but this one kept my interest throughout the whole film. Um, the ending scene or when, when the guy, when they all start getting killed, that was some crazy shit. And it was off camera, you know, his mm-hmm. kill was off camera, but it was enough to have an effect. And I was like, wow, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Like something like that dude was brutal. But wasn't a part of you like good. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm talking about from a perspective of, of just a, yes. a kill. Yeah. And I thought it was a great kill and they did 
they did so much with so little. Um, I love the conflict between the husband and the wife. Um, it made it real. Uh, the conflict between, you know, the guy and the director, there was conflicts between all the characters and it kept it so interesting and so fresh. It's, it was something that maybe we had small doses in other previous found footage films, but this one was just on another level as far as intelligence. Um, I predicted the ending. Like I, I knew that the chick was possessed. Yeah. You know, Oh yeah. You, you, yeah. You just knew. Um, but well, and we'd already seen her possessed at one point. Yeah. So we'd already seen yeah. back. No, but, but I, I knew that the boy was the, the camera guy mm-hmm. was going to Mark, right. Yeah. Mark. Was going to try to save her regardless. Yeah. You just yeah. knew. So they, this film was so smart because they literally did every trope, mm-hmm. but, but it had meaning to it. And, and I, I just thought it was a great movie. But again, I'm not a big fan of found footage films, but I think this is the best one, and I still give it a four. Oh, wow. That's a pretty high rating. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, I can go. Um, I liked this movie. Um, so the movie was, I think, an hour and 40 minutes, and I thought the first hour and 10 minutes were kind of boring. Wow. Um, are you going to be opposite on me? No. No. Um, I'm just saying, wow, that's a lot oh. That's a lot of the movie that you thought was boring. <laughs> Wait, how long? It was, uh, so I, I thought the first 70 minutes or so was a lot of nothing happening. Just the first kinda, two thirds. Yeah. Mm. Just kind of talking about yeah. stuff and like little things here and there. I thought a lot was But happening. I thought the last half hour was awesome. Sure. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it really picked up. Kinda, to your point, Alan, I really liked all of the tropes kind of being turned on its head and then all of those things happening. Um, I, I liked, you know, how yeah. they would explain why a certain device would have to be used in a movie and then they themselves have to yeah. use the same device to justify it in the movie. Yeah. Um, things I didn't like, I, like I said, I thought the first two thirds or so were a little slow. Um, one huge missed opportunity I thought was the fact that they were making a 3D movie. They didn't play on any 3D tropes, which mm. to me was a, that's a, that's like having something like be that's a layup at the camera. That's or so whatever. easy. Like why? The yeah. Yo-yo? Why? Why didn't they have some things like that? Like I, I, I know why. Why? Because they were poking throughout the movie. These filmmakers. Now, now I'm talking legit. But this could have been something that could have happened in real life. They had an opportunity where like they could have had a really good 3D goof. No, but like, that. But that's the joke. They. The reason they did. But they, it, they cashed in on every other joke. Why didn't they get the obvious one? Because. The character in the movie, the producer guy, who's like, yeah, let's do 3D. And the other character is like, wait, it's found footage. Like, what are we going to do in 3D? That was the joke. So just like the Spectre was like yeah. shitty CGI, but there, I guess, there I guess was no David's, real big 3D. I guess to David's point is the director objected to a lot of stuff. That ended, that up, ended happening. up happening. So so it would have been funny from the uh, our audience, mm-hmm. us audience perspective, yeah. to see something. Of course, to see the last 3D. scare. I guess that was probably yeah, a three. Like that was probably it. That's probably like, like, but, right but I think you. I think the joke that's they were the doing thing. was like the producer was always wrong. That's true too. Yeah, I I kind of see both yeah. aspects. Yeah, of it. I just thought it was a missed opportunity. Um, and then the other one, this is just like a minor gripe. Um, the whole thing with the Spectre is never explained, and I get that. Like, and a lot of times in these movies, it's not explained. It's not explained. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a little weird. It was just like, why Leave is there? The why is there a ghost? <laughs> um. But I liked the movie more than I thought I would, and I liked it at, uh, more and more as it went along. Um, I gave it two and a half. I, I didn't oh, love wow. it. Um, I don't know if I would come back to it. I, I didn't dislike it. I'm kind of in the middle on this one. 
Yeah, and so I'm going to be in the middle of both of you. I'm going to give it uh, a three and a half, actually. So that's not exactly in the middle. It's more leaning towards Alan. I thought this was a really smart movie. It is. I thought it was very self-referential. It knew it knows what it is, and it knows that. Listen, once you've seen one found footage film, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bringing anything new to the table, but by not bringing anything new to the table and understanding that, it's bringing something new to the table. Um, it's it's comedic in those moments where it's like, hey, we're th- we're going to talk about this, and then all of a sudden it <laughs> happens. That's kind of funny. Or when the chick gets hit on the head with the um, shovel. <laughs> Like, fortunately, she doesn't get hurt. So uh, it makes it even more funnier because of that. But um, it's uh, it's written very smartly. Now, there is some of it that I'm like, uh, take it or leave it. Um, it's not my favorite found footage movie, but it's definitely worth the watch. And if you're if you're a fan or even if you're not a fan, apparently um, from Alan's review, but if you're if, if you're someone who's seen these movies before watching this movie, you'll appreciate it. I think that much more when you understand that, um, the 3d aspect of it, it's like, uh, that's just, uh, that was the joke. That was the joke because it's like, Oh, we're going to film it in 3d. It's like, why? And (laughs) that's kind of the thing. It's like Hollywood uh, for a few, for a while now, I guess some movies still come out in 3d. I don't see them in 3d. Um, I like 2D movies. I, yeah. I don't know. Like 3D is just one of those things. Is like I yeah, don't give a very fuck. Very rarely spring. Yeah, the extra like, money for but 3D. I just, yeah, I just don't give a fuck. It's yeah. like I'm going to see a movie. I know that it's a movie. I don't have to, unless the 3D is a fucking room where I can like. It's like more than 3D. It's like fucking the holodeck of the Starship Enterprise. Then I'll be like, all right, I'll think, pay yeah, for that. I think the last movie that I was pretty gung ho about seeing in 3D was Tron or Tron oh. Legacy when it came out, just because it's such a visual thing. I was like, yeah. ah, I can see that being neat. Yeah, and maybe the next Avatar movies, but I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> I, I could give two shits about 3D, except for Friday Thirteenth Part Three in 3D. I want to see that in the theater. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Um. Larry Zerner said that it's uh, it's fucking awesome in the theater. Really, three D. He goes, you watch it at home on your TV with the blue with the and glasses stuff. And he goes, it's fucking cheesy. <laughs> That's but not he the told same. he yeah, told me no. at the theater, he's like, it's really good. He's like, he was telling me that it 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 was filmed very well. But again, they have those yo yo coming uh-huh. at you, the stick and the fucking eyeball and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And they didn't play upon that in this movie. So I see your point, uh, and I see Alan's point too. It's like yeah. by not including anything, they're yeah. they're actually acknowledging the fact that, that it didn't even need to have mm-hmm. the 3D in there, and um, and they're just doing it just to generate hype when they're not yeah. like fucking doing anything. So three and a half for me. Yeah. Cool. So that's a 3.33 overall. 3.33. Yeah. I think I like this. I, there, there are different genres and I'm, I'm glad we discussed and, and you guys pointed out to, to, to me. Uh, the one is a documentary style and this is a, a found footage style, but I did like this one a little bit more um, than the Leslie Vernon one. Although I, I like the Leslie Vernon one. I just wish there would have been more of the actual documentary yeah. part of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I think that one's missing. Yep, I agree. So, um, anything else to add on these films, guys? No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, I've already said my piece. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on these movies or any other movies that uh, that we've reviewed, or if there's any movies that you want us to review, please give us a shout out. Yeah, find us on Twitter. We are the Swearwolves there. We're also on Facebook, where we're the Swearwolves. Also, if you're on Instagram, follow us at 
the Swear Wolves podcast. Uh, you can go to our website, theswearwolves.com, um, or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube, and we use our YouTube channel a little bit differently, so you won't find our episodes there, but you will find content that's a little bit more uh, visually focused. So find or us there as well. If you're on a desert island, just fire up a flare. There fire you up go. a flare, we'll be there. Get a passenger we'll... pigeon, tie a note to it. And we'll tell you exactly, we'll come visit you on the desert island and tell you exactly what we thought of a movie. Yes. There you go. And then we'll leave. <laughs> I'll show my till, way out till the following week. Uh, for the swearers this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And if you've uh, found this recording, we're already dead. You see them? No. Oh. I saw a shadow. Yeah. I, th- I thought I thought somebody was ringing the doorbell. That's why I kind of like. It's fucking Leslie Vernon. Welcome to the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses <laughs> basic bitches. To all the basic bitches out there, you know what you guys are? Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic.